Grace, mercy, and peace to you in the name above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Amen. The text for tonight is one verse from Luke chapter 2, and we've been working our way through Luke, and we come to this one verse for tonight, which takes place eight days after Christmas, fitting for tonight's thoughts. Luke 2.21, And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Naming a baby is a significant event, whether we recognize it or not. In fact, not everyone recognizes that choosing a name for a child is a rather significant event that has meaning for that person for the rest of their life. One example is a story that I came across of a daughter who is now grown, an adult, and is looking back and retelling the story of how her parents wanted to be sure that she was named after the initials ALF. And that's because it was the 80s and they were big fans of the show with the puppet named ALF, who was an alien from outer space. She told how her parents were hippies and how they loved that show ALF. And one day when her dad was at the bar, he decided, yes, the first name should be Amber. And that's because he was drinking an Amber beer, and it'd be fitting then to name her Amber, A-L-F. And so she concludes that I'm, she's named after a beer and an alien who eats cats. So sometimes we choose names that are meaningful, and sometimes people don't realize how significant it is to choose a name. Names used to hold more significance. In Christianity, names used to always be attached to baptism. When an infant child was baptized, his parents would bring the baby to the baptismal font, and they would wait to choose and announce the name until the baptism. Also, in adult baptisms, when someone was converted to Christianity, the church would give them a new name so that at their baptism they were given a new name and they would no longer be known by their old name. This is where we get the Christian name. So a daughter might grow up with the initials ALF and think she's got a great story to tell her friends, but it does affect her. It affects her as it affects all of us when we hear the story of how we were born. It gives us insight and understanding into what our parents were like, what they were thinking at the time. It connects us to our origins and provides the basic elements of our identity. To have a name is to be who you are. It's what people will call you if you share your name with them. For a baby to wait until their baptism then to receive their name is going to be a different kind of story. When that little girl grows up and she tells her friends how she was named at her baptism, it's going to give a different angle of who her parents were, what they were thinking, and what her origins are. 
It makes an impact on you when you receive a name. For adult converts, you can imagine even more so what it would be like to receive a new name, to come to baptism and no longer be known by your old name. When I once attended a workshop for suicide prevention, there was a speaker who told the story of how his name was changed, that his life had come to a point where he was thinking about killing himself, but the Lord rescued him. And with his new life and his new purpose, he received a new name. And he chose a name that was a French word for faith. That changing from the old to the new is what it's all about to be a Christian. And what we are thinking about right now is we're transitioning from the old year to the new year. This practice of naming is an old practice that's not just for New Testament times, but it goes all the way back to the Old Testament, back to the very beginning. And we read how Abraham received his name. At first, he was known as Avram, which means the exalted father. And then later, God said, I'm going to change your name into Avraham. And that last part on the name means many. So now he was the father of many, looking ahead to the blessings of his descendants that would come. And in that text from Genesis, God gives promises that are attached to his name. He promises three things. Abraham will be a father of many. That is to say, he's going to have many descendants and kings are going to come from his line, a kingly lineage. Secondly, the Lord will be his God to go with him and his presence will go with him. And thirdly, he will give them the land, the land of promise, the land of their inheritance. Now, these three things, the kingship, God's blessing, and the land are all going to be confirmed by the sign of circumcision. That every male descendant will be marked by God to be chosen for those three things. A kingly lineage, his ongoing presence, and the land. So what happened to Abraham's descendants? Well, thousands of years happened, and in those thousands of years, God did keep his promise. He brought them through the wilderness and into the land, out with the old, the Egyptian life that they once knew, into the new land of promise. And it was in that new land of promise that a leader took them in, God's military leader, who went by the name Yeshua. The name which means the Lord is our salvation. So God wanted his people to know that name that was leading them into the promised land, into their new life, will be the name Joshua, the salvation of the Lord. The Lord made good on his promise, but the people did not make good on their side. They didn't realize that this new life that God was promising them did not mean an easy life. It did not mean that life was going to be all cupcakes and flowers 
and butterflies. No, it meant a hard life, a life of faith, a life of suffering, a life of facing their enemies day in and day out. It was through all of these trials that Israel continually failed to stay with the Lord and remember his salvation. They continually rebelled, they were stubborn, and they wanted to go back to the old ways. The naming of Jesus is more important than we realize because it was in the event of Jesus' naming in his circumcision that God was finally saying, this is the one that will do it right. That event gave Jesus an identity, an identity that tied him back to all of these descendants of Abraham, all the way back to the promise that God gave to his people through Abraham. It tied Jesus to his family, his parents and their parents before them, which meant that God was showing his promise again. Jesus' parents embraced God's promises. They honored God's law by having Jesus circumcised And they embraced those three things, the kingly lineage, the presence of God, and the land of inheritance. But as they did this, the people knew that they no longer had the land. It was a reminder that they were incomplete. Joshua's first campaign that took them in failed. And now the Greeks and then the Romans had taken the land back. So what is God doing when he makes promises and we look around and say, why isn't he keeping them? The name given to Joseph was the name Joshua. The Greek name is Jesus. But in Hebrew, it means Joshua. The Lord is our salvation because God had chosen a new leader, one who would complete the campaign, that would finish the the task at hand that would bring God's people in for not just a temporary place to sojourn and live, but an eternal home. He would be the kingly lineage. He would be the presence of the Lord, and he would bring the eternal inheritance. This is why Paul uses the same language, the Apostle Paul in the letter he wrote, to say that we are all linked back to this story, the story of Abraham. All Christians are brought back to that blessing of Abraham that comes to those who believe, not because they have kept all of the Jewish requirements, but because we have believed and pledged our allegiance to Joshua, Jesus our Savior. For you are all sons of God through faith In Jesus Christ and it doesn't matter where you come from what your background is what your family life is like what church you grew up with it all comes together into one story continuing on into 2022 the old into the new so there's different reasons why I decided to preach this text tonight One of the reasons is it falls eight days after Christmas, and so New Year's Eve is a good time to preach this one special verse you might not have thought about. But also, when you think about the rhythms of your life, we all live in rhythms. 
in seasons that come and seasons that go. And in those seasons, there's transitions. Right now, we're transitioning from 2021. We're looking back. And what are the old things that you remember from this year? What are the things that you rather would not remember from this year? As you look back, it can be tempting to get discouraged because maybe you see a lot of trouble or a lot of negative things that were going on in our world or in your personal life. But God is saying, no, this is always a transition for us. We're always transitioning. We're on a journey like the children of Israel coming into the promised land to face our enemies every day, to know that it's not going to be complete until Jesus returns, but to keep coming back to the name, the name that saves us, that salvation is bigger than what happened at your baptism or what happens when you die, that it impacts every day. The Lord is our salvation. He is our king. He is present with us, and he is bringing us to the inheritance. We are adopted sons of the king, and Joshua is leading us to lead you in and out through everything in 2022. As he says, I have called you by name. You are mine. Amen.